Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Chris Cheney, and I'm the Senior Clinical Care Editor for Health Leaders. In today's episode, we will be discussing healthcare workforce issues with Peggy Duggan, MD, Executive Vice President, Chief Physician Executive, and Chief Medical Officer at Tampa General Hospital. Peggy, thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Let's get into our discussion. What workforce shortages are you experiencing at Tampa General Hospital? Yeah, at Tampa General Hospital, we've um, actually had, like I think most healthcare organizations, really struggled with staffing and required a fair amount of uh, contract or travel nurses and other team members over the years through COVID. Last year, we opened, we did a you know a very strategic initiative around both recruiting locally, um, particularly those bedside needs like nursing, lobotomy, and lots of the technical support in the hospital. Um, but also, we um, opened our own staffing agency, and that's been a way for us to kind of weather some of these challenges. One of the areas we continue to see, uh, really the probably the biggest challenges is in the perioperative space. So OR nursing and uh, techs are always uh, hard to come by. They're really highly skilled, lots of training and experienced techs and nurses in the OR are critical to a, a safe work environment. And so that's an area we continue to do some work to try to, to really re- diminish the amount of kind of what I would call non full-time TGH team members to uh, really replace the contractor or part-time work with people who are fully vested in Tampa General Hospital. But that's probably the biggest area where, where I would say the hospital is struggling in today. And what strategies are you employing to address workforce shortages? Yeah, so we have a series of strategies, uh, one of which we're fortunate enough to be affiliated with our academic partner, University of South Florida. And so they have a lot of opportunity and training programs, a pharmacy school, a, um, a nursing college, and a, obviously a medical school. So those are great um, opportunities for us to start working with their trainees while they're in training. So we have a, you know, TGH is a over a thousand bed academic health system. We have trainees in every area of growth or any every area of work. And so um, that's a great pipeline for us and a stable pipeline. But we even have a, a training program in ministerial health and have hired um, hospital-based ministers out of that. So the more training we do, uh, the more we can bring people into our system permanently. The, the other thing we've done is partner with uh, high schools. So not a lot of people do this, but a, a, there's a lot of need for um, labor that's worked. It works in transport or in um, our environmental services employees, and you can do that work right out of high school. So we've uh, really partnered with local high schools. We started employing people at 16 part-time if they want as a part-time job, which very few hospitals do. And we've been able to grow that pool as well of um, the the people who really keep the place running and aren't often thought of as the front line, but we've been doing that partnering to kind of create that pipeline and, and really the consistency in our staffing, which makes a huge impact for our patients. And what are you doing in the area of employee retention? 
Yeah, so we have a, a, a number of initiatives for employee retention. One, one of the probably the biggest ones at Tampa General, and I think it's a people will feel this is an overused term, but it's absolutely true here is the culture. So we have a great culture for our team, and that's part of our retention uh, strategy. One of the things our president and CEO, uh, John Corris, has focused on since he arrived here six years ago is creating that psychologically safe work environment for team members and really energizing them to be part of our solutions. So John will often be heard saying, you know, everybody or almost everybody, like the vast majority of, of team members and positions come to work every day to do a good job. They also understand their work. And so when there's barriers for that, their success, our job is to hear them and to help create solutions with their thought in mind since they are actually doing the work and understand what will work and what isn't. So our big focus is engaging them in our frontline decision-making and in our process change. And that's super uh, energizing to a to team members and to our medical staff because not only are they able to raise the issues that make getting things done challenging, but they're part of our solutioning. And that that feels very powerful. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons we have a good retention. We just had a uh, got an update and we've had the best retention numbers we've had in, since before the pandemic, which is exciting. And I think the other piece of that that's very important to note is we also have people returning. So during the pandemic and after the pandemic, lots of people switched jobs, moved out of nursing or, or healthcare, or worked for another company. Uh, and many have returned because the culture is so strong at Tampa General. And uh, and that's part of, you know, obviously people come to work to do a, a great job, to take care of patients, to drive our initiatives and to, to support themselves. But the culture is what keeps people coming back. Excellent. What role can artificial intelligence, technology and innovation play in extending the healthcare workforce? Yeah, and so I think this is critical for all clinical workforce and workforce across the board, but maybe more than anything for our physician staff and our provider staff. We've definitely seen that there are uh, providers who are leaving the industry early or not staying in inpatient care uh, due to the pressures. And one initiative we have that we'll we will be executing this year is this uh, ability for a provider to use a, um, a, a really AI to, they can be with the patient, have the app open on their phone, have a conversation with the patient. And that the conversation will be trans, transferred into an actual progress note. So it will take out the chit chat, it can identify that, it will organize it into an, an actual progress note. And the physician, a provider can spend their time actually talking with the patient, examining the patient, and really doing what we all came into medicine to do, which was to care for patients. A lot of what's happened with electronic health systems is the computer screen is between you and the person you're trying to care for. And this is one piece of a larger initiative that will really break that cycle and put you right face-to-face -face with your patients again. So I am very excited about that. There's new tools coming out that allow for really summarizing the medical record. As you can imagine now, there's so much detail and data that's important to be in there, but really summarizing the key components so people can quickly look and get what they need from the medical record. And a number of other items that will take that burden of kind of hunting through a medical record away from our 
physicians and APPs so that they can really focus on the patient in front of them and making good clinical decisions to improve their care. Great. How can you use the principles of high reliability as a tool for workforce engagement and resilience? So when I think about reliability, which is an initiative that I lead here at Tampa General, it's really driven to, you know, in, in areas like aviation and healthcare, there's a lot of risk, right? There's a, these are complex systems. There's a lot of risks in all the work that we do, even in things that don't appear to be risky, writing orders, simple orders. Errors can happen. We're all human. And so humans make errors and, and we... Um, That's never going to change. But what we're doing here at Tampa General is driving reliable solutions to to prevent a human error from causing patient injury or a catastrophic outcome, say, in finance or in the IT department. And that work, it does a couple of things. One is, again, it's part of that engaging the front line and how do we solve the things that don't work well. But the other piece, and I'm a, a surgeon and have been a surgeon for about 30 years, Everyone makes human errors. When we make human errors as physicians or APPs, can lead to harm to a patient. And even if it's just an error, and anyone could have made that error, you still carry the weight of any outcome associated with that error. And so the nice thing about creating reliable solutions is we should be limiting the times that our providers, our nurses, our doctors are involved in serious safety events that lead to patient harm by creating reliable solutions. So, you know, way back in the day, people would say, well, that's going to happen sometimes and and keep going. But we're in a position now where we're saying um, we're going to look for the things that contribute to risk, resolve those, and that should limit the times that we actually have a serious safety event that, that some provider has to carry with them really for their career. And so that's a huge part of my resiliency plan is really separating kind of human error from outcomes so that we're uh, supporting our, our clinicians. Excellent. What are your predictions for healthcare workforce shortages in 2024? Yeah, so I think we're going to continue to see some movement. And in from a physician perspective, some, some subspecialties uh, surely will have some challenges. Nephrology, endocrinology, there's certain areas where there's less physicians entering the field. So creating those efficiencies so the physicians that are with us um, and continuing to work is critical so we can continue to care for those patients. And I think the other piece is we, it's a, a bit of a wait and see how um, the new, what I would say, a new crop of nurses, right? We have a lot of young nurses in the system now. What are their plans for the future? My prediction is nurses entering the workforce today are not going to be like the nurses who entered the workforce when my husband did, who's a nurse 30 years ago. They're going to be looking for constant advancement, which means we're going to have to have plans for how do we backfill those bedside nurses as they move through their careers, either becoming leaders or management or going into um, becoming nurse practitioners or physician uh, assistants and uh, CRNAs, other fields that we need. But I think the cycle is going to get a little faster with our um, with our young nursing team. Peggy, it's been wonderful talking with you. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast.